Good morning, Chair City Church. Glad you're all joining us for week two of our current teaching series, Weird Stuff in the Bible. You know, and what we're doing is we're, you know, we're going into different stories in the Bible uh, where we come across details that just seem weird, huh? And meaning, you know, we just don't understand it. We can't wrap, wrap our mind around it. And now, what one person might think is weird, another person might not. But that's why we're going to look into these different portions of Scripture. And, and what you're going to see is that what one might think is weird and what might seem weird, God is intended to apply wisdom into our lives. Now, we're going to start off with a statement, if you will, that I believe speaks to you know, a principle of God. And it's God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. Now, how many of you here tend to lose things? So I've got that ADHD in HD mind going on. So I could tell you, you know, any particular song, I'll tell you not only the year it came out, I'll tell you the month it came out. I might even land on like the day it came out. Like I was hanging out in New York City, you know, uh, you know, uh, 11 o'clock at night waiting to buy the album on this date at this time. But now... If I'm looking around, you'll see me looking around like, where are my keys? Where's that pen I had? You know, always misplacing, always losing these things. A few weeks ago, actually maybe a couple of months ago, I'm in my house and I can't find my cell phone. This happens about five, six, seven times a day. And I turn around to my kids and I'm like, listen, you got to do your ding thing. Just come on, ding me. So one, one of my kids turn around and they start to do it. And you hear that ding, ding, ding or whatever it is. And I hear it, and I go run to one side of the house. I hear it again. I go run into the other side of the house. And it's like every, every time I get close, it seems to be evasive. And it just goes on for about a few minutes. And I'm running back and forth. And now it just seems like it, it's like it's following me, but I can't find it. And one of my kids turn around and say, hey, Dad, Dad, have you checked your pockets? And there is my phone, my cell phone, right in my back pocket, dinging it away. And then my kid, kids got a kick out of that. So now... Maybe for you, you know, it's one thing about losing physical things, right? But the truth is we could lose spiritual things as well, huh? Maybe you haven't thought about it that way, that you could lose something spiritual in your life, huh? Like, you know, remember when you started going to church in the beginning for some of you, right? You gave your life to Jesus. There was so much enthusiasm. There was so much passion in you and the way you approached your faith. And maybe that fire is fizzling out, that passion has dwindled, huh? You had this, this joy and it has gradually lessened over time. I talked a little bit about this at our men's life group on Wednesday night. You know, meaning you had in the beginning this faith for greater things. You had expectations for, for grander things within your faith. And now maybe today you're not praying as much or as large or as big, huh? You're not expecting great things. Matter of fact, on that topic of praying and expecting great things, don't miss the conclusion of this series. The last Sunday in August, I think it's August 25th, uh, not only is the topic going to be just outstanding and so applicable and meaningful, but we're going to do something we've never done before. So for our guests, this is something we've never done before, bringing uh, my sermon to you via a video, but then we're going to try something on August 25th that we've not done before. Either I will be here 
on that Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. So, maybe you're thinking that, you know, this calling that God had on my life, that somewhere early on came to me, this great purpose has somewhat seemed, it's, it's dimmed, it's elusive, it's, it's just out of my reach. What this means is, somewhere along the edge, what I'm proposing is you've lost your spiritual edge. You lost it somewhere along the way. Now, the good news is, and it is good news, is that God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose, to regain that spiritual edge. You see, when we say spiritual edge, what we're talking about is your, your passion for God, your, your, your dedication, your desire to see those far from God come close to God and know Jesus Christ, your willingness to, to give of yourself to build the kingdom of God, your desire from, from your faith, to see your faith lived out in your marriage, in, in critical relationships, to remember how you would, you know, bring your faith into your occupation, at the very least to live it out in a way that you know lined up with and was a great example and testimony to your faith in God, huh? That how you were continually uh, monitoring uh, the advancement or the increase and betterment of your attitude, your character, is another indication that, well, my faith is growing and present, huh? And all of that, huh? This is your spiritual edge. When we lose our spiritual edge, how do we get it back? So we're going to look into a story. We're going to look at a story in the Bible that's going to give us some insight on just how to do that. And it is one of those weird stories, or at least, you know, there's some details about the story that are weird. Now, we find it in 2 Kings, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a background. One of the details in this is about kind of a floating axe head, and, and you have a prophet, a young prophet, and, and actually it's a gathering of young prophets. You, you can call it kind of a school of young prophets, and they've come together with a prophet named Elisha, and what's happening is they kind of have ran out of room to meet, if you will. And so one of the young prophets, they have an idea, let's go down by the river, and there we can chop down some stuff, and we could, you know, build a, a better and a bigger space for us to meet. So, and what we're going to do here, we're going to look into this story to see how we could, in our spiritual life, when we lost our edge, how we can get it back. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7 says, The company of prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with for you is too small. Let us go to the Jordan, where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place for us there to meet. And he said, Elisha said, Go. Then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down the trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. This is where it gets a little weird. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it there, and he made the iron, the iron axe head, float. Verse 7 says, he said, lift it out. And then the man reached out his hand and took it. So, you know, that's weird. 
It's kind of weird in itself that, you know, an iron axe had gone to the bottom of a riverbed, now is floating up at the top on its own. But just, just that we would read that, that God would have us read that and just kind of like you know, accept it, right? Like, hey, no, you know, it's no big deal. It's a matter of fact, right? Now, why did, why did God do that? I mean, what, it is weird, and what's the point of that? I mean, even if you kind of look at the bigger picture here, you have Elisha, who's a grand prophet, if you will. He's an incredible man of God. We read in the scripture that Elisha, Elisha raised someone from the dead, healed another person of leprosy, blinded an entire army, cleansed the water so a community could have clean water, right? I mean, after all that, like, wow of miracles, here now God is telling us about Elisha, like, you know, raising an axe head in the water. I, I mean, that's like kind of like, you know, that's like a Houdini-type trick maybe, you know. So what, what, what's the big deal? Why does God do this miracle, let alone do it? Why does God bring it to us in his scripture through Elisha? So let's look at a few words in verse 5. And it says, As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And the man cried out, Oh no, it was borrowed. So it was borrowed, meaning this young prophet, he is in a jam. He had a borrowed axe. The axe head, the, the iron part of it, was a very expensive piece of equipment. In, in, in order to, to gain something like that in those days, you had to pay a pretty significant price. It's not like you just, you know, drove down to the hardware store. You had to go out, somebody had to mine the iron. Somebody had to go and then fashion it and fabricate it. So all this costs a good amount of money. And this young prophet, he knew, oh, I'm in trouble now. As that iron axe had sank down to the bottom of that riverbed, he knew, wow, I can't afford that. Oh, no, I now have a debt that I cannot repay. And you see, then God steps in and he intervenes and he saves the young man from a debt that he could not pay. So how does this apply to our lives? Well, the young prophet's edge, if you will, that axe was borrowed, and so are you and I. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19, 19 through 20, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? That's just a comforting thought, that God the Holy Spirit is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought at a price, therefore, honor God with your bodies. And I just add, honor God with your bodies, with your mind, with all that you are. And like this axe head, as followers of Jesus, we are living borrowed lives because we've been bought with a price. And that, that should give us comfort. We shouldn't feel burdened by that. We should feel in, empowered by that, valued by that, loved by that truth meaning every day that we have is borrowed. Every breath that we have is borrowed. All that we have and all that we are, it's been given to us from God. And yes, in a way, it's a gift, but, but it's something in a sense that is returned to the giver. It's for the purpose of the creator and the giver of the gift. So in a sense, it's borrowed. So we honor God with each day of our life 
Because Jesus paid a debt for us that we could never repay. Not ourselves. And just like the axe head was created and shaped, sharpened and fashioned to, for a purpose, you and I were created for a purpose, a great purpose, to worship God, to enjoy God, to glorify God, and, and, and in a manner where we are building His kingdom here on earth, where we are taking down the gates of hell and it's evident and our faith is being lived out vibrant and we've got this spiritual edge, meaning our faith isn't being lived out dull and tired and weary and irrelevant. If we, we, we were meant to have a cutting edge, we were meant to make a difference in this world, that's the Christianity that I was introduced to in the middle 80s. That's how that spiritual edge is what kind of, if you will, moved people, as I said before, to care for me, to take me in, to me watch them come together and help others and bring people mattresses and food, to see people come to know Christ. Listen, if we lose our spiritual edge in our lives, then we are about as useful as an axe head that's floated to the bottom of a river. That axe head can no longer serve its purpose, nor will we serve our purpose if we lose our spiritual edge or if we become dull. You wonder sometimes if we do more damage than good when it gets to that place. That's another sermon. Now maybe you might notice today that, you know what? You've been trying to swing away at life. You've been trying to deal with you know, just the tasks and responsibilities of the day, right? Moving along, swinging at this, swinging at that, kids, finances, relationships, occupations, jobs. You're going at it, you're swinging away. All of a sudden, you step back and you realize, you know what? I'm just not making the progress that I used to. Things aren't as good as they were. They're not as good as I thought they would be, huh? It's, if anything, I think I'm going backwards and not forward, meaning my edge is gone, Do you find yourself there today in any particular area of your life, in a good part of your life? Your edge is gone, specifically your spiritual edge, that enthusiasm, that passion, that great expectation of God doing things in your life, that that fire deep within you for a living and a loving God. Is that edge no longer there? Well, I've got good news for you today is that we have a God who will help you find what you did not mean to lose. So how do we get that spiritual edge back? Well, we're going to look back at that story. You see Elisha and this young prophet, they go through a process that gives us some insight on how to get our spiritual edge back. We're going to read verse 5. It says, As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, the young prophet, he cries out, Oh no, my Lord. Oh no, my Lord, he cries out. So what, what did the prophet do? The first thing he did was he cried out. If you want your spiritual edge back, you've you got to realize you can't do it on your own. You can't go about this apart from the one who created you, the one who imparted those, that spiritual vitality into you in the first place. You've got to cry out to God. You can't just keep swinging and swinging with a dull, 
edge. You can't keep trying to go at it your way, not getting results, not getting progress, frustrated within yourself, frustrated with people you love, frustrated with, with circumstances, feeling hopeless, tired. You've got to cry out to God. The prophet, the young prophet, when that axe head came off and went to the water, he didn't dive in after it. He didn't go and get something and try and fish out. He didn't come up with a strategy on how to get it. No. Instead, he turned around and he turned to the prophet Elijah, the prophet who was a, a messenger of God, God's voice on earth to the people. He, he turned to God. We want to do that. We want to cry out to God. What, what does that look like? Well, it, it really, it, it, it's, it's a posture, albeit physical or, or internal, but just that, that it resembles something like you literally you know, not like, oh, God, you know, or oh, God, come on, or oh, let's go, God. That, that's, that's not, crying out is when you've come, you've come to the end of yourself. You're, you're like, you're stumbling, you're, you're crawling. You're, you're in a place of deep humility. It's no longer you, but it can only be God. The scripture says that in our weakness, he is strong. It says in First Peter that when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will raise us up. So we are crying out to God. You need to know that if you've lost your spiritual edge, it is only your heavenly Father who can bring it back to you. And remember, when we've lost our spiritual edge, this, we're spiritual beings. So this covers and affects all of our lives, not what happens in our church, but all of our lives. Cry out to God. It might not look good. It might not sound good. But man, it's, it's a glorious moment for you. It's a beautiful happening in your life to have you cry out to God. For some of you, you've never done this before. You've never paused, come to the end of yourself and cried out to God. And it might look different for each and every one of you. It's looked different for me. Sometimes that looks like me sitting down in a, in a, in a, in a, in a quiet place, in a dimly lit place, and journaling and writing my deep and sincere and earnest thoughts to God, crying out to God. Listen, where are you tired? Where are you burdened? Where are you burnt out? Where do you seem like in your life you're out of options? You've come to the dead end. Cry out to God. He loves you. He will meet you where you are. He will meet you right there. He will meet you in your pain. He will meet you in your problem. Cry out. Listen, what's interesting in this story, or weird, is the attention that's given to that axe head. You know, you know that, that God, through the prophet, brings back, to, through Elisha, brings back to the young prophet. You know? And, and we see something here in this weird detail with this axe head, that, that's kind of, it, it's comforting, if you will. And what it is, is, is that God is not great solely because nothing is too big for him, but God is also great because nothing is too small for him. God cares about everything that's going on in your life, small or big, right? You want to get that? God glorifies himself through all things, whether it's a problem in your school, a problem in your relationship, a problem with a car, huh? a problem with a bill, whatever it is, there is nothing too small for God. 
He even cares about the cell phone in your pocket that you can't find. I mean, he's laughing about it, but he cares about it, right? We serve a God that nothing is too small for him. Cry out to God. Because honestly, sometimes it's such a buildup of all those small things that seemingly just really take its toll on us. Now, the next thing we could do to get our spiritual edge back is to be honest about where we left it in the first place. Man, this is a deeply, deeply challenging, spiritually challenging practice. If you get this, you know you've grown. You know you've kind of transcended to another level of spiritual maturity right here. To be honest about where you lost your spiritual edge. In verse 6 it says, The man of God, which is Elisha, asked the young prophet, Where did it fall? It seems like a, a, a reasonable question. And what's happening here is Elijah is saying, hey, you know what? It, it's not that it's gone. It's just that it's, it's not that it's lost somewhere. It's just that it's left somewhere. It's not that it's lost somewhere. It's that it's been left somewhere. God's grace is so amazing. He loves us so much that even though we can get soft on our dedication to God, even so we can get distracted on what God has called us to, right? God will let us and enable us to pick up where we left off, where we got off track, where we lost our edge. We don't have to start over, huh? We can just get right back on track by the amazing grace of God. And it happens. We, you know, it's, it's, it's a slow drift to get off track and to lose your spiritual edge. You don't realize it's happening. It happened to me right in the process of going to plant the church. Um, some of the details you might be aware of, but in this context, perhaps not. You know, Christy and I, as I said, we were uh, over near Hartford, Connecticut, ministering to inner-city kids for eight years and, and I mean, I, I'm telling you, we got, we started that ministry two months before we got married. <laughs> so the eight years, first eight years of our life, of our, of, I mean, of our married life, we are ministering in what I would call the no thanks ministry to teenagers and children and their families, 90% plus uh, single moms, uh, probably, I mean, 95% not going to church. Matter of fact, we didn't have a person that we ministered to, ah, maybe a few, let's just say we had a handful of the dozens and dozens of people we ministered to come to church the first few years. I mean, like four, five, six, seven. I think maybe Christy did a choir that was really cool with some of the kids. It was a grind. And after eight years, we're like, wow, you know, we're, we're tired, and we're going to go down to Florida. We're going to learn how to be husband, wife, parents. We're going to just try and replenish and strengthen and then the time came where God truly was calling us to come and start a church and plant a church in New England. And, uh, and as I began to feel this out and think about it and ponder it, you know, Gardner came to my mind. But, you know, the first thing I'm thinking, you know what? It, it's, I've, Gardner has its difficulties, you know. I love you, but you're difficult people, man, you know. We throw winching in there as well and some of the other surrounding towns. Now, all kidding aside, I, was, I, I got a little familiar with the logistics or the demographics, and, um, and I knew uh, that there was a good amount of, of suffering and pain and difficulty uh, going on here, or at least in comparison to an option that came my way. 
And the option that came my way was to start a church, and as I've told you, Sterling. And there, not only did a, a, you know, a handful of families that would come up to me and speak with me, in particular some brought a large sum of money, I told you before, 100000 So here I had some, you know, some families that were kind of you know, seasoned, had been around Christian for a long time. There was a chunk of money. They themselves had, had decent income. So that would be a good, healthy start. It would be geared towards people who were going to church already. We were just going to help them grow and strengthen in, in their faith and really kind of help them, you know, disciple their families and, and, their, and to be stronger in their marriages. A good portion of those were going to be homeschool families because we really were digging in and getting very involved in, in the homeschool community at that time. And that all seemed like, wow, there'd be less problems there. Uh, more provisions, more resources than if I were to just go at it and start from scratch over in this gardener thing, you know? And I got to tell you, it was a hard journey for me because what was happening was, you know, I, I had kind of gotten off track. See, uh, so there was certainly I sensed some of the connections between myself and the gardener region. I sensed, I saw some of the similarities, you know, between myself and my testimony and what I would encounter here in the greater gardener area and the good and the bad and the ugly, huh? And the beautiful. And so, but, but I said, you know what? I, I'm going to go here. And I did. For several months, I went off track and I drifted, huh? And then there came that moment, that moment where God in his mercy and his grace, where he spoke to me, you know? And, and prior to that, I knew something was missing. I was starting to flounder a bit. I was starting to struggle a bit. Something was missing. From the other times when I had given myself wholeheartedly to something in ministry, there was a, a again, there was a, a, a sense of certainty. There was a, a, a willingness and, a, and a, almost a gladness to just to begin to sacrifice and to go out there. And that wasn't there the way I, th- you can't conjure that up. It just needs to be there. And it just wasn't there. But then after God spoke to me and I had that moment where I knew he was calling me to plant the church in Gardner, it came in a large dose, huh? Look, there are times when we've stepped out, like I stepped out in that inner city ministry, right? And it didn't go the way we thought. It wasn't a bad experience for me. It was a very difficult experience for me. I, I wouldn't tell you things went the way I thought they would. But there are times we, we, we go out, we, we pray that prayer for a healing, and it doesn't happen. We get involved in that ministry or in that church, in, a, in something, or that program, and it didn't go the way we thought, you know? Maybe we led our family in devotions, and it didn't go the way we wanted to. We stepped out. Maybe we read the Bible for the first time, and it was like, whoa, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Listen, and then somehow, we just got off track. We drifted from that. We were discouraged or distracted, and we just began to lose that spiritual edge in that moment. We had it, we were going in the right direction, and we drifted. Today, realize where you lost it. Today, get honest with God. Sit before God and have that honest conversation. Wow, this is where I got off track. This is where I got distracted. I got deterred. Uh, This is where I got discouraged, and I began to get dull, and I eventually lost my spiritual edge. You know what? It might be a sin issue. You can get past that. It could be on you. You can get past that right now. We serve a God that loves you. He gave his son Jesus to die for you, right? And that sin, it's just keeping you from what God has for you. 
It's draining that passion you have for God. It's causing you to lean into yourself, then lean into God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Today, talk to God about this sin issue. Talk to God about this issue that is taking away your spiritual edge. Get honest with God about it today. Don't be distracted by this. Don't deceive yourself about this. Meet with God and have that conversation. Remember, God will take your regrets and he will funnel it through, he will filter it through the forgiveness that Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ can give because of his shed blood on the cross. Huh? God takes those if-only regrets and he trans them to, transforms them into what-if possibilities. What-if possibilities, rather than being just immersed in these regrets which are really telling us what we can't do or what's not worth doing or what didn't work out. What if you started praying again? What if you jumped into serving with all your heart again? What if you started loving and caring again? What if you started forgiving again? What if you started connecting to others again? What if you opened yourself up emotionally again? What if you started giving sacrificially again? And not only financially, but with your time, with all you are. What if you started living generously and with abandonment again? When you, like when you had that spiritual edge. God says, I'm with you. We can do this. We can do that. Now, one thing I do is that when I have an honest conversation with God and I know that it's a transforming conversation, which means I know it's going to take a lot from me and I know it's going to be a bit of a kind of a struggle, like you have that conversation, I have that conversation, and then I'm like the next day, did I say that? Did I hear God say that? Mm, and, And I start to kind of, you know, mitigate, you know, or, you know, if you will, I don't know, lessen it. Lessen the price that, I, that maybe God was calling me to pay, if you will. You know what? What I do, and I encourage you to do is, after I get honest with God, I turn to those close to me and I get honest with them. I share about my conversation with God. I'll share it with Christy. Maybe I'll share with those, some people who are close to me in church, my kids. Sometimes I've come up here and I've shared it with you. I want to get it out there. I want to share it. This is a life-changing moment. The best of me came out. I shine like a star in the universe, man. Let's preserve this. Let's keep this going. All right, the last thing we want to do to get our spiritual edge back, with God's help, we want to take back what was lost. So let's read the story. Go back to it. Verse 6. It says, When he showed him the place, when a young prophet pointed to the place where the axe had dropped, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lifted out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Getting our edge back, our spiritual edge back, is only an arm's length away. It's right there for you to take a hold of it. One thing, though, one thing you want to see what the prophet did. It's simple. It's profound. The young prophet was obedient. To get his edge back, he obeyed. Elisha the prophet instructed the young man, what to do. The young prophet did not hesitate. He acted and he obeyed. Obedience is such a critical component of our relationship with God. Some people ask me, you know, they ask me, people ask me, what's leadership? I say conflict. You ask me, what's ministry? Obedience. It's obedience. 
when you cry out to God, when you get honest about where you lost your spiritual edge, God will meet with you. God, the Holy Spirit, will truly begin to speak into your heart what that sounds like and looks like. It's going to differ, but you're going to know deep within the depth of who you are, within your conscience, God is speaking to you. This is not you the way you're thinking. The thoughts that are coming in, this is truly a living and a loving God. And God's going to tell you, yes, I love you. He's going to tell you, I'm here for you. You're going to have that sense, that thoughts, those feelings. And then God's going to do something else. God is then going to guide you. He's going to instruct you. He's going to move you forward. And there, right there, that's your opportunity to get that spiritual edge back. And you're going to have to be obedient to take a hold of what he's guiding you to. You're going to have to take that step of obedience. Through the Bible, we see this all the time. It was true then, it's true now. Our calling is fulfilled. Our faith flourishes one step of obedience at a time. One step of obeying God at a time. Don't look at the, you know, and when we think about obeying God and what God has called us to, we just jump ahead and we try and see all that, the challenge and all that we have to give up. And Man, just pause it, just hold it back and just take one step of obedience at a time with this new spiritual edge that you have, knowing that God is with you one step at a time. You came in here today, and we believe, as we say, that this was a move of God on your life, that God ordained that you would be here. God ordered your steps, arranged your life, orchestrated that you would be here today to meet with him, to begin to be aware that he has stirred and started something deep within your soul. Scripture talks about him setting his mark on your soul, in your heart. And he's calling you today to faith in his son, Jesus Christ, your Savior. What is a Christian? Somebody who needs a Savior. He's calling you today to follow Jesus. And if that's you, that during these words, you are being drawn closer and closer to God, you have a sense of a wholeness of what is right that as you think of God and, and consider and ponder to be closer to Him, to know Him, if that's you, and today you want to place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, huh? then you turn to God. You'd speak honestly with Him. Why do otherwise? You'd speak openly to Him, and you'd say, hey, you know, I, I missed the mark. Man, I was, I was dull, and I was determined to live out my life in my own way. I just was ignorant to this, uncertain, uncaring about it. But now I know, now I know that I was made for this, that you created me to know you and to be with you, and, I, and forgive me for living my life apart from you. Forgive me. And today I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I want to trust him and follow him. Today I want to have and start a new relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you... I want you to just hold on to that thought as we're singing, as they're singing that, this last song. I want you to really to dwell in the moment, this beautiful moment, this glorious time when you've talked to God. You've had this open and honest and grand conversation with Him. And then when the time is over, you're welcome to come up here. There'll be people up here praying, uh, here, up here at the front. You're welcome to come up here for prayer for anything, by the way. Matters relating to the sermon things that are going on in your life. So listen, let's...
close this out. I want you to know the, this. For those who have come to Christ, for those of us who are trying to live out this beautiful thing we call faith day to day, following Jesus is not about living a perfect life. You could do nothing wrong and yet do nothing right, huh? And thereby not follow Jesus. Following Jesus is about keeping your spiritual edge, is about continuing your passion and your pursuit of Jesus Christ. The scripture says if you seek God with all your heart, you will find him. So today, today, let's get our spiritual edge back. Let's cry out to God. Let's be honest with God, talking about where we lost it. Let's then be obedient to God, be prepared to be obedient to God as he tells us what to do in that conversation. And then let's get our edge back. Let's now believe that it's right there for us to take a hold this morning. Right there today, you can reach out and take a hold of what God has for you. Getting that spiritual edge back, getting sharper in your faith. Now moving forward and progressing in critical areas of your life. Seeing what you expected when this, all this great journey of faith began. Take it back. Let's build the kingdom of God together. Let's enjoy God together. Let's glorify God together. Let's do great things and expect great things for God and from God. To God be the glory. You have a great day.